This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the number one AFC Wimbledon podcast, The Wombles Had a Dream. My name is Lee Finch. Uh, later on, we will be joined by uh, young George Brown. Uh, but first off, let me introduce you to the one and only Danny Baker. Danny, how are we? We're good? I'm all right, mate. Been a bit ill of late, but I'm a um, bit of a stomach problem. Nothing too heavy. But um, yeah, I've dragged myself out of bed to talk to you. What a tonic. So wait for an injury. So you have six weeks off, you go back for a week and then you're already off. It's literally ridiculous. What is happening? Look, no wonder the Wells Ill, in, no wonder this world's in such a shit show, man. Look, 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 people can get ill at any time. I soldered through the whole day, took marshaled my troops to a fantastic four-four draw, sick on the side of the pitch nearly, which was pretty minging, and then drove the kids home, got home, slept from five o'clock till about seven o'clock, and I've been bed all day. I've literally got out of actually done a full Lazarus to be here right now. You should be thanking me. Good. Well, thanks, No, no, no. You, you don't thank me. I'll let all of the wonderful fans thank me because um, you've got nothing good to say at the moment. Well, actually, I do, actually. Right, you know, come on in. I wanted to start, start the episode in. with, you know, you usually come up with a tonic, but obviously you've been ill. So I was listening. I, yeah. I'm a taxi driver, so the the radio of choice for taxi drivers talk sport. So I was listening to a bit of talk sport the other day and they've, they've got this new kind of thing with Andy Goldstein. He was interviewing David James. Uh, it was only the advert. I didn't hear, listen to the whole thing. But he was saying about haircuts and stuff like that, getting haircuts. So obviously, I can't talk about that. Yeah, you've checked out. But he's, David James said he goes into the haircut shop. He called it the haircut shop. Not the barbers, not the hairdressers. <laughs> but he goes, yeah, I went into the haircut shop and I asked the haircut seller. And I was like... Haircut seller? I was like, who calls it? One, who calls it... Hair- Do you know of anyone who, who, who says things like... like Mac- no. McDonald's is either MacD's or Mackey's. Like, also, like, at home, we have the remote control and people all got different names for remote control. So we call it the box. Pass me the, the box. box. The- what, what? The remote control's called the box? Yeah, so who's got the box? Where's the box? What do you call it? Remote right, control? Mate. 
Well, it's, just, it's a remote control for the fact that it's called but, a remote control. I know some people call it like the dabber. The dabber? Yep, 100%, mate. Well, who, who does that? But it's like rolls as well. Like uh, uh, The haircut shop's mental because I think David James is yeah. the only one who must call it a haircut shop. You've got but rolls are weird. You've got cobs, you've got balms, you've got rolls. You've yeah. Got I'm, we're whatever. going to Walsall next week and Buzz, who's northern now, will call it... Yeah, like, he is. He'll call it saying so we'll say a row or something because he he speaks with a northern accent now. It's really weird. He tries to put on a little brummy accent. Well, he's like, well, how I saw that, that at Chelsea. I saw that at Chelsea actually was doing yeah. a bit of a brummy accent. So there's nothing then. You just call it a remote control, like we call it a box. I I, I just call it. I just I was brought up with the Queen's English, and I I Queen. the only thing I the only thing I don't call it pie mash. It's just pie mash. Pie mash. That's yeah. It. Double pie, double, double. I just say double pie. I don't even go double, mate. Double pie, yeah, mate. Well, of course, well, of course you do. Well, I'm a pie, co- yeah. I'm, the thing is, I'm Cockney, so I was brought up. No, on you're, the old... you're, you're not Cockney. Are me, you? I'm not. I was born in Barking, right? Right, and same hospital as Bobby Moore. Okay, well, that's got and, nothing to do with the Cockney and John Terry. And okay, three I don't great, think you should be celebrating that. Three great centre backs come out of that hospital. Yeah, one terrible bloke. Well, John that's Terry, you, John way. Terry, yeah, he ain't <laughs> the nicest of guys, is he? And. uh but I'm Cockney, so I, I say to the missus, like, I'm just going to go get the uh, jam jar. You know what I mean? I've I just got to go the apple pears. Do you know what I mean? So, do, yeah, but hold on. Do you actually do that? Like, I don't think anyone... I've, I've, Always. I know of Cockney rhyming saying, Always. but I don't often go, oh, mate, look look at my whistle. Yeah. Uh, it just, if no, I saw you in no, a suit, if you were, if I saw you in a suit, I'd go, oh, that's a nice whistle we've got on, Danny. No, you wouldn't. And you then like, go, I'll come what? home and missus goes, right, I go, oh, my plates are killing me. No. Do. Although anyway. the other day, I I was watching Lock Stocker for the fifteenth million time, which I absolutely love. Great film. And then one of the I would, I never knew the phrase. I'll oh, keep keep your Allens on. So Alan, what are you talking about? And then it came to me, Alan Wicker, Nicholas. Alan Wicker, yeah. and I was like, I've got it now. But I just think a load of that now. There's you got the old Cotty rhyming slang, which people kind of all apples and pears and dog and bone, like the basic stuff. And now there's a whole load of new nonsense. Uh, yeah, but you got the YouTube talk like cap means yeah. liar. Like so, my boy said to me, "Ah, oh, why, why, what are you, what are you cap for?" And I said, "What are you talking about, mate?" Like, yeah, he's lucky he didn't get that. But uh, so this ruined my start of the show because I thought you'd call the remote control something totally different. Like, because most no, no, I, I mean, but, I mean, I'm, I'm, right. I'm a grammar school educated. I mean, well, let's I bring in, let's bring in the... myself in. It. He's another guy. George is another guy. Well, let's I bring know. in George. George, how are we? Pairs, I'm guessing you're going to be all YouTube language, like in it, in it, blood. No, 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 I'm all good. The only thing I'll, the hill I'll die on, die on, it's breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yeah, that's what, fair. It's what, the no, only no... thing that people get. They call it tea. Tea is not dinner. It's breakfast, lunch, dinner. Tea, so, it's just, it, that's what you drink. You don't have tea for dinner. Yeah. That, I... All the normals that call it that, I, I, it does my head in. I agree. A rosy, yeah. a rosy is a cup of tea. Oh, let it go, mate. We know you said you're from. Barking. I mean, you're barking, man. I was born in Barking, mate. Oh, I'm not from Barking, thank you. I'm the same. I was, I I'm actually from Jigwell. I don't get the North, the, the tea thing. It doesn't, I just don't understand the logic of it. When people, like, normally, like, you have your breakfast and it's lunchtime. Like, okay, well, then you have your lunch and then it was dinner time, you have dinner. But when I was at school, when my brother's wife, who's a scouser, hello, Ben, he's in, he's in England at the moment. She was like, yeah, what did you have for dinner? That's what they had at lunchtime. It's called dinner time. And when they get home, it's their tea. It's like, what the hell is going on here? It's called lunchtime, for God's sake. Like, well, what like, happened? 
Mick Mick Doyle listens to the pod who, who, who runs the Alex. He'll he'll because he goes what the scores. He, he says scores on the doors. He'll say Mucka and stuff. And I know when I've been in Bolton before, they go, "Oh, what do you want, cock?" And I'm like, "Are you calling a cock, mate?" Just yeah, like, who are you talking just a few beers. Yeah, yeah. Why'd you neck in, son? I just want a few beers. They yeah, they call people cock like as a hello cock or hello bab. So like, who are you talking to? Weird anyway. Mighty. We need to find some. We need to really freshen up our contact list. I think. Anyway, talking about Northerners, Stockport on Saturday. Great. Good from you. I'm normally the guy who comes at... That was excellent from you. Cheers, Dan. Cheers. I'm getting better at this. I'm getting better at this. George, let's let George speak. He's got far more sense than us two. Go on, George. Stockport, hit us with it. I think we just lost two of the better team. Pretty simple. I think better better coach team with a better, bigger budget. And what I mean by that is we took out probably five of our best players and they took out five of their best players, and they just cope better with that because they have a bigger budget, and that means that their depth is better than our depth. And quite frankly, they were better coached and deserved. I thought I thought deserved three points. I thought they moved the ball the best I've seen this season, including Chelsea. Their actual patterns of moving the ball. I thought Louis Barry was very smart. After about ten minutes, he realised just move Alex Pierce around. He just sat on Alex Pierce, came short. Pierce went with him, and just there were gaps open in the back line. Um, and yeah, I would be very surprised if Stockport aren't top three this year because I thought they looked really good and dealt with their five injuries better than we did. And I think over ninety minutes deserve three points. Yeah, I can't I tend argue to, with that. Yeah, I, t- I tend to agree with that. I think I said it on the debrief. You took took out four of our best players: Lewis, Reeves, Little, and Ali, uh, and we just didn't. And then you think I think on the day, four of our best players: Tilly didn't have the greatest game. Uh, didn't think Pell done much. You know what I mean, so if you t- if you take out Fort, uh, Phil Johnson had a probably his worst game in a Wimbledon shirt. Uh, he started well, but then he, you know, what I mean, as you said, Pierce got pulled apart. So I mean, Johnson then as well did. I thought the only good thing for me, uh, the only I went away with happy was Sutcliffe's uh, fifteen minutes when he come on. I thought he was brilliant, uh, and I thought. Uh, Sasu again uh, is pushing for a start now over Nurfield. But uh, yeah, I think George's got that spot on regarding the game on Saturday. P- Pierce just looked knackered. I mean, I don't know if you after if you guys 20 minutes. Ca- I don't know if you guys watched carefully, but I think it was about an hour gone. I think we were 2 1 down and they made the first lot of subs and Lee Brown came on and Pierce's face when they didn't take him off, he literally was like, oh, for God's sake. Because they brought, they just basically swapped curry for Pierce and um, curry for Brown. And I thought they'd have put Brown in centre back, and they'd have put Curry on the left back. I thought that's—I thought it would have been a straight swap, Pierce for Pierce for Brown. And Pierce's face—he looked fuming, and he just—he just looked. I always—I was worried anyway because he played on the Tuesday. Like he played in the Stevens game, if I remember correctly. So I was Which kind of worried about. Him. But again, he—he, I—I was—I was I'm an iron about whether he was going to retire in the summer, and I'm not going to damn him too much. So I do think he'll have a role. In the but next to the season, but he can't play two games in a week. On, and he looked he looked totally shot. Like like George said, um, Barry just had him on string, and he got on, to the point where if you've got someone physical, I think he's fine. Anyone with any kind of half decent awareness of that pedigree, you get mullered. On on twenty second minute, my boy said, "Dad, Dad, look," and uh, Pierce was bent over, both hands on legs, bent over, looking like he was struggling for breath, and he went, "He's done." He's done already, and I was like, "Yeah." And it was hot, wasn't it? It was boiling it was really hot anyway. The weather, but it's, both which teams is never going to help him. But Pierce, yeah, I, I, I don't know why he started on Tuesday when we needed him for Saturday. But yeah, George. 
George? I thought that was also a consequence of Lee Brown getting a silly yellow. If you look at what he did, I thought he he sighed down. That was um, rubbish, wasn't it? Little flick. A winger, right? It was right before half time, wasn't it? And yes. He weren't going anywhere. It wasn't yes. like the, where, where Tilly should have brought him down, in my opinion. It was different. He weren't going anywhere. He got a silly yellow. And then Jackson's probably going, if I move him across to centre back, he's one foul away from being down to 10 men. So I think that's probably influenced the decision as well. But it's frustrating that that's a silly yellow. I don't mind. If Tilly sides him down, I'm absolutely happy with that yellow. I'm also happy with sometimes if we're not in the game, just to, someone needs to smash someone for a yellow. I'm okay with that. But a silly petulant yellow before half time where they're not going anywhere on a game where you know Pierce is going to struggle to get through 90. That should have been in the game plan. We should have we should have known that Pierce wasn't going to get through 90. So then we say, Brown, you need to be not don't get on a tightrope so we can move you across if we need. But also the first their first goal, we should have done it. Someone in the midfield yes. has got to take him out because all as soon as he started running at Pierce, I was like, he is going to back up and back up and back up. And they backed so far up, and eventually it was just an easy go. I just, I, I'm amazed that somebody just didn't stop it in the halfway line and take the yellow and move on. Tilly, Tilly should have rugby tackled him on the halfway line. Should have just yeah, rugby. Should have just but then, I, I agree with George regarding Lee Brown, and the problem is Lee Brown in that heat as well was always going to struggle to play 90 minutes. So he gets done, he loses the ball, he does well, loses the ball. Uh, their guy has it going nowhere. We've got cover there. And he just kicks him. It just—it was ridiculous. I thought he was going to go off at halftime because of it, because you do not want him running at you in the second half in that heat. And I thought they dealt with the heat a lot better than we did. To be fair, there was, what, three chances on the whole game. We scored ours and they scored there too. Other than that, I can't remember Bass making a save, but I can't remember their keeper making a save either. But I agree with George. I no, thought... I, I was going to ask George about Nerfield, because I think there's a discussion here now. We've kind of had him for the, what, seven or eight games. And just so we're clear, I don't think this is, you know, toys out the bar or anything like that. I think what George said, we had a number of players missing. I think we come back on Saturday and we're definitely going to be improved along the pitch. But have we seen enough of Nerfield to him guarantee a start now? Because Tilly is obviously is an obvious starter. Is it that Nerfield would rather play right, but Tilly's been so good that he hasn't been able to play there? But on the left, without an overlapping fullback, he looks way off and he's been so inconsistent. Does he is he a guaranteed starter or does Sasu potentially get a gig? I don't think he's a guaranteed starter. I think there's very few guaranteed starters in the in the squad at the moment. But what I would say on Nerfield is he hasn't had that overlapping fullback yet, which he needs because if you look at a lot of the time, he's 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 going up against two defenders. The winger comes and covers, so he's only got one option really. Um, and also, I think he offers quite a lot defensively. And I know that's not a winger's main job. But if you look at how he balances the side, it's a four-four, essentially a four-four-two with with Boone yeah. really anything else. So you need that winger to help him, especially when it's Lee Brown, who's okay, n- not the best defensively, especially in one v ones. So I think he offers a lot more. Yes, he's been. I think he's been poor. He so, started so well in preseason. Everyone was raving about him. I just think he needs what I think will happen on Saturday, Jack Curry starting behind him. And also, he, if you look at the positions he's take up, they're really good. In the first half, he was out wide in front of the East stand so much. And it's just Lakin and Ball weren't getting the head up when we had the ball to go wide to him straight away. It had to be a, rather than two passes, just one long one, one long switch, which I think Little and Reeves would do. And maybe Ball and Lakin haven't quite got the connection yet or the ability to do it. 
I, I thought Newfield was all right on Saturday. I thought some of his touches were really good when the ball came in. He took the ball down really well. Uh, I, I, I kind of agree with Daniel regarding Sasu. I think Sasu is pushing him massively now. And I think with Curry coming back in, it now gives us that option if Sasu wants to start because Nerfield really needs to get into it. I was quite disappointed with how we lined up with the formation on Saturday. I, I said in the uh, podcast previously that we should have gone 4-5-1 and I would have had Bugle up front instead of Davison because I felt they they just run the midfield again against us, playing 4-4-2. I think you're going to struggle all season playing that in League 2, especially with uh, out Reeves and Little. And I think we should have played Ball, possibly Pell and Lakin in that midfield and not pushed Pell so far up, or brought Morgan Williams in and played Williams, Ball and Lakin uh, and Bugo up front to cause loads of issues. And I, I was quite disappointed with the Heat, the team that we actually did put out. Uh, I didn't think Davison did much again. I'm disappointed in Pell, but then no. I, can't, I can't blame Pell because he's playing out of a natural position. He's never been a number 10 in a million years. His legs are going, so I don't get why we're pushing him forward more. Um, I think the problem, I, I, I don't, I, I, sorry, George, I don't, I don't really, I, I didn't get much out of Davison. And as I said before, I feel like he's now the kind of almost a, the forward that you want if you go one nil up and he will just chase into corners and chase, chase, chase. I don't see him as, I kind of feel like it's Boogiel with Pell and it's, it's Davison backing up Ali. Davison is, I mean, I know he scored on Saturday, but I mean, he, I mean, he literally couldn't miss. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm just not convinced now that, he, we're going to get a huge amount of goals out of any of the front line but Ali and even Ali's been struggling um, I think with Pell I, I, as I said before I think he just he's a bit of a nuisance I think he just comes on runs about jumps about gets in the way of a lot of stuff whether he is a number 10 and a, a deeper player I don't I don't think he's got the temperament to play deeper so I think that's the reason why he's probably a, a, up there behind the forward because I think he kind of gives it's a little bit of a free hit that he can be a pain in the arse on set pieces he's good in the air in both boxes but on the floor, I think he struggles. And I felt, I thought, unfortunately, on Saturday at the end, we just we just ran out of puff. I thought Morgan Williams was trying his best to do something. Nothing was coming off. I think Sutcliffe was decent coming on. Loved him. What was impressive is, is at the end of the game, we must have had five or six academy boys on, which is awesome. But ultimately, if you had to, you know, if you had to go navigate the whole game, this is exactly what George said, that we were five or six players short. They were five or six players short, and they just got. They have a much better strength of depth, and I think we will see them very, very quickly move up the ranks. I disagree on Pal. I don't think in a four-four-two you can play him anywhere apart from number ten. I don't think he's. We saw it against Forest Green. It, he doesn't suit the deeper midfield role at the moment. If we move to a four-five-one, as as Lee said, that okay, I can get behind that, and him actually playing as a central <laughs> midfielder. I just don't think. When we're playing 4-4-2 with the two midfielders having to cover the ground, be disciplined, do all the sort of things. You've basically got to play as a defensive midfielder, essentially, and then try and see if you can get forward. One of you can get forward. I don't think he's the, he's the better option there. The other thing I wanted to say was just, I don't like ta- attacking the other end in the second half. And I know it's it's a psychological thing, supposedly, to do with get, getting over the, the, the plough lane ghost as such. But... I just felt like when we had corners in the second half and moments, it just it's a little bit flatter. I don't know if anyone else felt that. When we attack the the South Stand second half, it just every, literally all you got to do is win a throw on in the corner and everyone's like, look, do you mean everyone gets going? And it just felt like second half, we had a few moments, again, not 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 enough, but that's okay. 
it just never felt like the place got going. And I think Stockport, once they scored twice, just played very well, knocked the ball around. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And then this is the problem we had last year with Johnny Jackson is that he was very rigid in his tactical uh, ability. And I think, unfortunately, at the moment, he, he's going that way this season with guards. He won't change the 4-4-2. Like, uh, professional football teams, professional players should be able to play in a number of uh, formations. And as I said, I would have changed it on Saturday to suit who we were playing and the players we had out. And that was just one disappointment for me. But yeah, I agree with you, John. I don't get why we've changed the way we kick off and stuff. But I thought it was flat on Saturday due to the weather as well, to be fair. Stockport, I was disappointed in them. I thought I heard they sold out. They only bought about 600. They had a few fans were trying to sing. But after a while, when you're just singing back and forth and you're sweating your, your nuts off, it's, it's, it's hard to keep going. I think people then just kind of stopped. It was kind of... Very quiet on Saturday, but again, I think that's due to the weather. The fact that you couldn't get a drink, I I was so disappointed on Saturday. I've I've mentioned it on the on the Twitter and stuff that when I was queuing to get in with my boy, there was the, the stewards were taking bottles off people like kids with Pokemon bottles were having their bottle taken off them, and, and one kid was crying his eyes out. A family prop argued with the stewards to get their two uh, kids to have their water bottles. It was like forty degrees, and and people were having to pour their water away. My son went down to get a glass of water because they were giving him away. It took ages for him to get one. It was just ridiculous on Saturday with the weather. And I think the club needs to be a bit better. But we'll speak about that later with regards to the uh, MD role. But Danny, anything else you want to add on Saturday's game? To be, uh, to be honest, I'm, I'm quite glad we've got it out of the way. I think it, it can be quite a negative having that. We haven't lost. We haven't lost yet. We haven't lost yet. And I feel like now we've done that, I think we can kind of move on. I think that we're in the right kind of place. I think we're playing the right kind of football. And I don't, I absolutely don't think it's panic stations at all. We've learned a decent amount. And with, with players coming back, I still think we're in a really good shape. So it's definitely not any kind of negative or, or panic. I just feel like we lost to a half decent side who'll be up there. So yeah, it, 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 it's always a disappointment to lose. And like I said, we're going to address that. It's it's becoming an issue. Um, but yeah, I think, we'll find, I think we'll find our way, no problem. I think another positive. So we're scoring goals. We've scored what in, I think in every single game we played. I don't think, yeah, we haven't we haven't not scored. So we are scoring goals no matter what. Apart, with, we didn't score against Grimsby, did we? Oh yeah, first game. Yeah, sorry. Know. Besides, Grimsby. we would have done if Ali and Norris had been. Yeah. So correct. Yeah, we are scoring goals, and we're what eleventh after seven games. Yeah, we, we, that's about where we are. I think. I think that is pretty much where we are. I think, you know, if we get a run together, we might be able to push a bit higher. But I don't know why we're complaining about eleventh. So far, with a with a squad that's for half the games we play, be missing critical players. So, I, I think there's a lot more to be positive about than there was on August the fifth. And we just we go again on Saturday at Crew. You know, they come off the back of a good result, but we've got we've got players back, and we know we, we when we have our side and we play play the football we want to play, we're a decent team. So I feel like there's a lot more positive, to, a lot more to be positive about this year going forward. I totally agree. I don't think we need to be chucking toys out of prams just yet. I think the people are going away from plough lane happier than they were last season. Uh, so, yeah, I'll make you right on that, George. And as you said, we are scoring goals and we've got players to come back. So, right, we'll move on. Uh, and when we come back, we'll ask, is plough lane cursed? Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So we're back, and we're going to ask, is Plough Lane a curse? So, boys, what do we think? We've not won a home game since, what is it, March last year, I think? I haven't got the, the figures in front of me, but, yeah, it's been a long time since we've won a home game. George mentioned it previously regarding that we've changed ends now, so we kick towards the... The home end, what, first, and then we kick to the away end second uh, to try and beat the hoodoo. What is it, Danny? Why can't we win at home? Well, firstly, that's a complete shambles, isn't it? I mean, I was, I thought I thought I came up with a theory about all of that and it got blown out of the water. So my theory's gone out. Of the, it, uh, that's gone out. So I'm not even going to mention it anymore because it's just it's a stupid theory and it obviously doesn't work. Um, so I don't, I don't really know. I, I, I guess... I guess playing at King's Meadow was a lot more challenging in terms of, I guess Plale must be a bit more comfortable for away teams. It must be a nicer pitch, nicer ground. It must be a lot cleaner and just a, a much more comfortable experience. And I think it, for us as a smaller team, and we're not the only ones. There are a lot of teams. Chesterfield moved to a new stadium and they really, really struggled. Arsenal. Shrewsbury moved to a new stadium, really, really struggled. Arsenal, etc. I think the other thing as well, and it goes back a little bit to George's point about going to the South Stand, is I feel like it takes a while for people to find out where they are and where their old mates are. And whether you're in the chanting section or whether you're not, I think the first couple of years, everyone kind of gets a bit fanned out. And eventually people kind of gravitate towards where they eventually want to be. So, I mean, I'm I'm behind the goal and I'm just to the right and all the main chanters are just to the left. So I'm kind of away from where I probably would want to be. Um, but I still am quite a loud and, you know, I start a lot of chants, that sort of stuff. Because um, I'm an absolute lad, obviously. Go, um, but, yeah, I feel like that, that's meathead. got to be part of it. Yeah, absolutely, meathead. It's got to be part of it. But, like I said, genuinely, from... From being, from when we've been at Plough Lane, I don't remember a huge amount of wins at all. So, yeah, there must obviously be something about it. I don't think it's necessarily anything about the fans not getting behind the team or getting behind the team. Maybe it's a nonsense, but the stats don't really lie. Yeah, I, that I, way. And maybe it's just the way that way that we play. When you're at home, you should take the game to the opposition, and maybe we like the opposition to. to like a boxer really we probably want to be a counter boxer whereas at home you normally take the lead take the initiative um maybe that's part of it but i don't think there's much more i don't know any more of the of the football theory of it but maybe you've got an idea i've got no idea no i think you're right with what you're saying regarding it's probably a nice environment now for away teams to come down if the away team feel the the away end then they can make a lot more noise than they did at king's meadow in that little corner uh, when they were getting rained on and stuff. So you're probably right regards to that. I don't know why we've changed the kick-in. Again, I think it's uh, psychological, which uh, hasn't been working. I think someone put a stat up the other day that they've been going Plough Lane the last couple of years. They've only seen us win seven times at Plough Lane in like two seasons, I think it was, I read, which is just mad. It's 
you know what I mean? And we're getting getting a few bits off the pitch right with regards to food and stuff. And obviously, we're doing something right with Plough Lane because we sold more season tickets. Uh, on the pitch, it seems to be improving, as in we're we're happier with the way we're playing and the players that we've brought in, but we still can't win at home. Uh, I think, regards to the atmosphere and stuff, Danny, I, I said it earlier on Twitter regarding uh, some people really want to get the atmosphere going. I don't know if it works. Obviously, in England, people like Palace and Arsenal are getting absolutely caned because of their ultras section now. And I'm not, I'm not saying we should have an ultras section, but I wouldn't. I'd like to go. As I've said before, I've gone to German Germany quite a lot and watched a lot of football out there. They have one guy at the front who's on this kind of scaffolding, and he leads the song. So he'll say, "Walking down the Hayden's Road is going to be the next song," while they're singing, and then they, everyone then sings what he then says. Do you know what I mean? Because at the moment, as you said, you start song on your left-hand side, say ASC Wimbledon, but then you've got Dr. Lee Willett singing One Was Out of Dream on the other side, and it just then gets lost. Do you know what I mean? I think, I, I, again, I know Palace get absolutely rinsed, but they do make a decent atmosphere at Sellers, unfortunately. And I think stuff like that, I'd love to get, I'd love to get involved with Lee and talk about maybe getting some TIFOs started as well, because I think that behind that goal, especially when we get the scum at home or we get a crawly or something, we could do at least a decent tifo behind the goal. And I know, I know it gets people proper jump on it and say it's cringy and stuff like that, but it does get atmospheres going. And uh, yeah, before I move on to draw, I'd like to shout out a guy called Will, who I met on Saturday. Uh, Will come and spoke to me, he loves a podcast, but he also is half German and we were talking about German football. Uh, yeah. And it was good to speak to him. So yeah. Hello, Will. Anyway, go on, George. What do you want to say regarding the Plough Lane curse? Point out the obvious. We've come 23rd and 21st in the two seasons. We've had fans <laughs> at Plough Lane. Like, and, and that's because of home and away form. We've been just awful. That's that's essentially... We were decent under Robbo for about eight games and then it sort of fell off and we were poor both away from home and at home. And then last year under JJ, we were awful away and at home. Like, I don't think... As such, Plough Lane is cursed. I just think we've been really, really poor for two seasons. And if you look at how we've started this season, we've had four games at Plough Lane. We've had Coventry, which we won, Wrexham, Forest Green and Stockport. And OK, yeah, we haven't we haven't won in the league, but I don't think we've been poor. I just think the last two seasons, we haven't been very good at football and we've lost games. I think, yeah, there probably is a bit more of a pressure to win games at home as any home teams have, especially when you're when we've been poor as we have been the last two seasons, it's almost added pressure when you're at home because it's like everyone's on our, everyone's generally wants us to win so badly. At least when you're away, you know, there's no onus on you. And I think I agree with also with what Danny said in terms of we're maybe being at home and setting the tone and getting on the ball doesn't really suit us. I think we're, we're much more comfortable in a, in a, it sounds stupid, in a scrap, in a sort of scrappy yeah. game that the ball's not brought down and things like that. And, and we can really sort of use the experience of, you know, Reeves and players like that to proper like, okay, we're going to set the tone, we're going to play. So, and I think, I think we've just been poor. So yeah, there is, I think there is a curse as such, but mainly because we've been bad, not for any other reason. And, you know, circumstances have come into that and people have said, oh, well, oh, it's, you know, moving stadiums. Yeah. When, when do we, uh, when is the time that we bring someone down to do an exorcism on the pitch? When 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 do we do that? Well, because... we, we, we can't get Yuri Geller down, can we? <laughs> Remember him with his bending spoons? Bending the spoons, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with what you're saying there, George. It has been pretty poor for, what, two seasons now. But as I said, I, do, do, do people, is it the atmosphere? Is it is it just the players? Is it just what George says, Danny, that it has been poor for two seasons? Because 
Wrexham was a great atmosphere for me. Bolton last year was a great atmosphere. And then obviously when you have the, the Forest Greens come to town, I think we'll have it Saturday against Crew. They won't bring as many away fans and there's not it's not as bitey on the pitch. Like Stockport didn't really kick us or look to get a man sent off or anything or go into us. What 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 do we do to make it better? What do we do to win games? Is it just get the ball in the back of the net? To be honest with you, I don't really give a monkey's how many are behind the goal the other end. I think we we as a we as a as a football club have to be better at and to be really blunt, away from home, the atmosphere that women create is outstanding. For me, going to going to watch Wimbledon away is much more enjoyable in terms of the crowd participation. I love Plough Lane and what it does. I get it all. But going away, you have like a certain hardcore of fans that mm. every one of them comes together. And it's we all know what it's like. There's a different away crowd to a home crowd. And I feel like, personally, I feel like there is a little bit of dumbing down with in terms of we've wanted to make Wimbledon a very inclusive club. We've wanted to be a family club. We wanted to be a fun and caring club. And I get that. But you do lose that raw, raw, that is on the, on the edge of the pitch. You do lose it. Whether you like it or not, you are going to lose it. But th- there is no, there's no argument, like George said, we have been poor for two years. Well, we've been poor for 10 years, really, but we've been drastically terrible for the last two. And I feel like once we get one win this year, I think we could, we that could kind of put to bed. But I don't really understand the changing of the ends. I'm never going to get it. We should always be going down towards the south second half. Um, so that's one thing. In terms of TFOs and this sort of stuff, I'm I'm all for anything. I don't agree with the fight and win on the bloat on a bloody no, speakerphone. I agree, but because we can all we can all do it, but it just means that I just feel like what we need to do is, and to be fair to the guys to the left of the goal from me, they're 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 non-stop. They are non-stop doing what they can, but because it's such a big place, if unless we are attacking and being right on a corner or, or like George said, we have a really a throw in near us. It's really hard to kind of generate that energy. And I think that that for me is is, is part of the problem. No, I, I so just before we come in, I, I agree with what you're saying that we don't need musical instruments. We don't need a drum. We don't need microphones. But I just think three guys standing at the front, one on the right, one in the middle, one on the left, and they just orchestrate the crowd in saying this is the song that we're singing next. One was at a dream. Boom. Then we're going into AFC Wimbledon. Then we're going into the Tilly song. And you just, everyone then knows what song they're going to sing at that time. And you sing it. So, as I said, I've been to German football. I went to see a Duisburg, the low team, uh, league two, big 30,000 seat stadium, only about 10,000 there, but they do it. And everyone sings the same songs and stuff like that. And there was, there was a TFO before the game. And all it was, is just holding up your white, piece of paper and it was white and blue with like Duisburg or something written on it. I couldn't see how I was underneath it. But the atmosphere was brilliant. They they did draw the game nil-nil, but the atmosphere was literally non-stop from the minute they kicked off to the 90th minute. And and as I said, that was in the free league, which is like League Two equivalent, League One. Uh, and, and, and their top level was just unbelievable. I'm not saying pyros or flares and stuff. I'd love all that. I would, but I know you can't do it in England. But I'm saying let's get Let's get it all on one page kind of thing. I'm not saying hand hand out a songbook or anything like that, but get one person or two people to go, this is what's singing next, blah, blah, blah. This is what's going on. And I think people then will learn the words and everyone will sing in unison, which is what I think sometimes is needed. Go on, George. You also think it's maybe the contrast about 
Kings Meadow. If you look at Kings Meadow, we were really we were always really good at home because it suited us. Scrappy, dodgy pitch, windy, wet. Do you know what I mean everything? And then also, if you look at the atmosphere point, everyone knew where their mates were. It was so enclosed. You literally went from it was like the the even the bar was tight. Like everything about it was so like in in the opposition's face. It just felt like it, it felt Wimbledon. And I know I know Kings Meadow is not a home. I'm not saying that, but everything lined up at Kings Meadow and then you go on to Plough Lane and we're still trying to figure out, you know, issues like bottle tops and, and drinking and things like that. And, and then the, the play on the pitch has been poor massively compared to Kings Meadow where we were good at home. Like we were, we were statistically very good at home. I think the contrast is maybe what was, what, what's, what's, what's worse because you've gone from seeing your team do pretty well at home, know where your mates are having quick booze, things like that to being poor at home with issues off the pitch atmosphere struggling I'm not saying it's been poor because it's been it's been it's not as good as maybe as King's Meadow I think maybe that adaption period people are, are struggling to call it to call, want to call it a curse or an issue but it's maybe just an adaption period to, to getting used to plough lane and it's going to take a while because we still have got teething issues and we still obviously haven't sorted on the pitch but I just think the, the contrast between King's Meadow where ev- we had everything lined up because we've been there for 20 years winning games it just, it just. I felt like I feel like the transition planning hasn't quite finished, so we're still having transitional issues. No, I agree with that, and I think the TV. Yeah, problems, I agree with that. I think you're right with regards to the TV issues off the pitch, like people getting in, no bottles, no bottle lids. Do you know what I mean? Once we start ironing all that stuff out, and it is people are not having any issues on a match day, yeah, that might help as well. But yeah, I think you might be right there, right, Danny. Before do, we move do on, many, do many, do many teams actually? By the way, move and absolutely smash it. I mean. I can't think of loads. Brentford, maybe? Brighton, maybe? But I Brighton, can't Brentford. think of many... Rotherham I can't didn't. Think of many... Rotherham struggled when they moved. Well, they got, I just can't fair, think of many teams who move and be like, oh, wow. Like, they really kick on and, and just don't stop or they've been really powerful. I can't think of many. I'm sure people will say, oh, this team and that team. But Southampton didn't. They struggled to begin with. I, I can't think. Maybe Man City, probably. maybe one. West, West Ham, yeah, the, they struggled. As I was gonna say, the two big ones are West Ham and Arsenal for me that really struggled since they moved stadiums. They've only just started now because Arsenal have paid off their debt so they can afford players to make them better. And West Ham have just realised actually that it ain't that bad of a stadium just to get on with it kind of thing. Yeah, anyway, we'll move yeah, on. Interesting. When we come back, we'll be discussing Chris Stewart has just taken over as the new managing director. The Wombles had a dream podcast by the fans for the fans. We're back and we're going to be discussing uh, the, uh, what is it? The, the show that's going on, the circus around the club at the moment. Uh, some people were really getting fed up with the old politics of the club, especially as we started so well and things were going so well on the pitch and then boom, the circus rolls back into town uh, and it's a shit show off the pitch with Danny Macklin leaving uh, recently, Chris Stewart has now taken over as the new managing director. Uh, that has caused uh, some Farrar on uh, Twitter or X, as they call did it you, now. Did, did you just say Farrar? Is that you, is that what you mean, Farrar? Isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. It's not a car. Right, Farrar. Anyway. Farrar. That's it. That's the word. Farrar. And then, you said Nigel Farage. I was, I, Dan, this is this is the serious part Farrar. of the episode, yeah. Sorry, uh, apologies. Take that back. And, we'll edit yeah. this out. So Chris Stewart has now taken over as the managing director. He has left the Don Strass board. The Don Strass board has now been left, I think, with, what is it, seven 
members on the Don Strauss board, but they have co-opted a eighth person, which is Ed Leak. Uh, again, there's some furore regarding that because apparently it's against the constitution. Rule number 62, I believe, is that they, uh, if you fall below the number eight, you have to uh, announce a special meeting or you have to do a election. For me, boys, I'm really getting bored of all this now with regards to all the politics and stuff. I've tried to keep up with it all. I love getting involved in it, but it is a bit boring. I'd like to go back to just going how good Wimbledon are on the pitch. I think someone put it up on Twitter. I see a thing on Twitter. They're going, the other week we were beating Chelsea. Uh, we hadn't lost uh, and something else. And Danny Macklin was in a job. Uh, now we're up. We've not won in five. We've got no managing director and everyone wants to, to pack it all in. George, I'll come to you because you're a smart you're a lad. You're one of the youngsters. What are you making of, of, of it? Well, I think, who was it? Kyle put up the other day that the old school, the old boys said the youngsters will end up killing this club. But it seems to be the other way around. What do you think? Well, it's just been a, a massive palaver over two weeks, isn't it? That Macklin's gone. Then there was the big issue with the interview about, oh, it doesn't matter if we lose, that again just divides the fan base and then and then the announcement that Chris Stewart's taken over. The the thing that I don't like about it, and again I'm I'm sort of I care about the football for me that all that matters is how the men's team do on a Saturday, how if we get three points. For me that's that's why I support Wimbledon. But I don't like the fact that Buckley was appointed on a one year basically one year deal which ends soonish by um Chris Stewart essentially as chair of the Donstrust board. And now Buckley's appointed him. It just, to me, it doesn't really seem right. It just seems like the old boys club appointing who they want, when they want. And it just seems like, it just seems like a closed off circle. And I know people will say, oh, elections, and there might be an election now, you know, stand. It just, another example of it being a closed shop and people in charge who want to be in charge. And again, I don't know the full details, so I don't want to, I don't want to say, you know, I, I, I know Chris does, care about the club and I'm not not denying that but it just it doesn't look great from the outside in my opinion George you, you, you I get your point regarding Chris says that he cares about the club but he didn't care about a club recently when he, he stepped away from it all and asked the club to uh, delete all of his details off the uh, off the databases and asked for all of his information and that was it he was done with the club I think someone said he went off to support QPR I don't know if that's true or not but I, he did he did step away and said he's had enough he, he, he we were going up the leagues too much too quick and too high and he weren't happy with the direction we were going so he kind of cared that much if he left and went right I want all my information deleted off all the databases uh, I get what you mean about the old boys club again uh, with uh, like Ed Lee coming in being co-opted Ed apparently is very good at what he does, his finance and stuff like that. But he was on the board previously, I believe. He has been on the board previously and now he's back on the board. I don't know if he stepped away before. But my problem with it is that we had two people step down in Matt Lowndes and who was the other one who stepped down? Was it Zav at the time? Xavier and Matt Lowndes, no, I think. No, who's the, um, who's the guy over Oh, overseas? Freddie Flaxman. Freddie Flaxman. So we lost Freddie Flaxman. Uh, who again was what I don't know what he did when he came on board. He gave this great sales pitch. We had him on the pod, and then he's just flounced off. Uh, now we've lost Chris. Now we've lost who else? Sorry, did I just say Freddie and who did I just say? Oh, Matt Lowndes. Matt Lowndes only lasted what Matt a month, Lowndes. and uh, they didn't bring anyone else onto the board then. Why not bring on two people that finished highest in the elections at that time? Uh, that's why I don't understand. I, maybe I'm just clueless. Maybe I'm not smart enough to understand. 
But yeah, I, if two people step down, why not bring in the two people that got the most votes below that? So then you've got the board up and now we don't have all these people saying you're going against the Constitution, Rule 62B. Do you know what I mean? And boring the pants off people regarding it. Danny, what are your thoughts? Because you don't really like getting involved in the politics too much. Or... Not really. But what I would say, of, of all of the rules in the Constitution, Rule 62 is probably one of my favourites. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I just want to put that out there. I'm a big fan. I should get a T-shirt with Rule 62 on it. You know, Rule 66, Rule 62. Um, like I said, I think what George has said is, is is quite interesting. It does, whether you like it or not, it does come across a little bit of job job for the boys slash girls and the fact that it's the same, it's the same kind of pool of tar- talent. It's the same kind of pool of discussion and we're kind of recycling the same people. And I don't, I don't feel comfortable with that as a as a premise. Just right, do you know what? Well, you did it before you do it. For me, we do. I also feel deep down, and again, it is a difficult one because I I just wonder whether we should have like a youth board and a senior board in terms of. I feel like a lot of the people on the Don's Trust board are not fully representative of the whole club. I mean, it's not like George example who's coming here or or what do we call posh Jamie or something like that. Two or three or four lads who, you know, and ladies who are quite switched on, know what they're talking about, but they have got a different viewpoint for where the world goes. I just think having a whole board probably between the ages of 45 and 70, by and large male, by and large white. I mean, it just, for me, it's very, very one-dimensional. And I just feel like the the other challenge is, is that it does open up again the, how easy it is to split the camp because when you you know there's just too many cooks too many cooks when a, when a guy owns the club or don't or, or doesn't own it all of us are either hating him loving him or indifferent now we've got people who like it people who don't and I think there's just too many variables but it, it doesn't it just doesn't feel right that we just go oh we're struggling oh you just do it. I mean, he didn't put. I presume this guy didn't put himself up for this recent round of elections. No. So, why why would we? We're basically then entertaining someone who didn't really want to do it in the first place, and now we're doing it. Doesn't doesn't quite doesn't quite make as much sense as you said, Liz. You go, okay, who else is on the manifesto? Colin Shergold or whoever. What other names there are? Would you be interested in having a conversation? Or you reopen a vote and just go snap vote? You know, you don't. What's interesting is if you if someone of a member of parliament was in a was in a you know a constituency and they decided to leave, you don't just go right who's conservative and you go. You have a by election. You go right. Well, we're going to go again. And for me, it doesn't make much sense. We should be doing it all again. We go okay. We've got two people who want to do it. This is the turnaround, and you just do it and you go around that way. I I, yes. I agree with I agree with that, and that's what I've, I've I had the issue before when we uh, co-opted. Uh, What's the name? Oh, I forget her name now. Uh, Anne-Marie Godfrey, and we put Pricey on the board because they were co-opted in. There was no vote regarding them two coming in after uh, uh, Savé left. And I just thought, well, wait a minute. Did you... I didn't vote for these two people, and now they're on the board making decisions for me, the fan, who pays £25 to have these people represent us. I, I now think, in my opinion, and I had this, Xavier uh, wrote a really long piece. I ain't going to go into it because it's quite quite long but i just think the don's trust board now is not fit for purpose they don't don't represent me at all they don't represent the fans they don't listen to the fans i put a post up 
regarding that, but that we're not fit for purpose. Not one person from the board has answered it, and I put that up a day ago to ask the board why this is not why the Donstrust board are not fit for purpose. And as I said, it's uh, it's becoming a joke. People put questions up, they get deleted or they get moved around. And this is by the chair of the Donstrust previously, which is Chris Chris Stewart. He was in. Uh, there was an issue last year with him going on and logging in to the ESG regarding voting and stuff. And some people were throwing mud regarding has he changed votes. Uh, category can't say if that was true or not. Again, I don't like getting involved in it all. It just, you know what I mean? We we don't want to get another text or, or a phone call saying we're going to have the AFC women lawyers over on us again. But do you know what I mean? It's just ridiculous now how, as I said, I don't. we might as well have, someone in who runs the club on a day-to-day basis who's a chairman who who has nothing to do with the club who, who bought who buys the club uh, and puts in money i'm actually quite uh envious and jealous of people like Wrexham at the moment with two owners who, who are american guys who don't really know much about it and just thrown themselves into it and i know people say well wait till that goes all tits up but not being rude this is all going tits up at the moment at wimbledon george i think it's just another example of we're not we're not we're not sorry we are non-league off the pitch in my opinion we're just we're not very well run and people can say well we're fat we're fan owned this is great it's great on the surface it looks great because you get your don's trust membership which by the way is definitely membership will definitely decrease this year i can see a big drop oh, i know a lot who have been sent that oh, are you going to renew email and basically just just deleted it like what's the point quick, you might, might as well go down the pub and do, do that with it I just, I, I, I'm really worried because we, 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 we've sorted out on the pitch now, I think. I think Craig Cope has been such a good point where we've sorted out on the pitch. Off the pitch is just a shambles. And it, it just seems like Macklin has been, however, he's been got rid of whatnot. And there's been no plan. There's nothing. It's just, oh, who can we put in charge? And his, obviously, Chris has got very, very strong political views, which again divides the fan base. That's that's he, he's got that right. So I'm not having a go in for that. But it's just another example of the fan base being divided. Another example of us being amateur, in my opinion, or sorry, non-league, whichever one. And just it's just it seems like step forward with Macklin, two steps back, step forward, step back, and it will get to a point where this fan base is just it's just there's there's going to be the people that care about the trust and the football, and there already is. But it's basically got to the point where the people who even cared a little bit about the trust, just they're not interested anymore. And for me, it's the whole club at the moment, though, George, behind the scenes. It's tone deaf uh, with guys that you'll do as you're told. We are the ones running the club. This is the, and people talk about a click. There's no click. But to me, there is, there is a click. As you said, regarding the, uh, the mirror piece with Jonesy and Chris, I kind of understood where Jonesy was coming from. But did that? I don't know if the mirror contacted the club. The club probably should have said, "Look, not at the moment. We can't put it that out." Or, or do you know what I mean? Because of what was going on behind the scenes, I just think, yeah. And look at today, the club put out uh, a thing about the the jukeboxes back. So the club are asking for people to put in their song choices for Saturday to play, and every single song choice is just wind, literally just a wind up. Really, it's just a joke choice to say like uh about the danny macklin situation or the chris stewart situation i think again as you said chris chris stewart if you love him or hate him like him or love him he is going to cause issues between the fan base again because of his politics because of what he's done before previously as i said he, he walked away it will cause issues and then they've gone you know what we do we'll put him straight in as managing director on a paid position as well do you know what I mean? And, and my feeling, my opinion is that 
once Mick Buckley leaves his role, Chris uh, Stewart will now go into the the chair of the club uh, once we get a new managing director. But we've got a new managing director who, who wasn't part of the club before, and that that lasted 10 months. And there, as you said, Jules, there doesn't seem to be a plan B. So if Danny Macklin had left, say, on his own accord, or he was that, or he, do you know what I mean? There doesn't seem a plan B. What about if Craig Cope turns up in a couple of weeks and goes, look, I've been, I've been uh, asked by Real Madrid to take over their 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 transfers. I'm, I'm going to take it. We don't seem to have a plan B. What are we going to do? Get Chris Fulpin to take over that role? I think the problem we've got is that compared to other clubs, and again, I, I, I can't... You see, like, long sagas of Charlton trying to get rid of an owner, but our turnover and the frequency of people going out of work is alarming. And any in any kind of job, you get your person here and there who leave for a better opportunity and you put your hand up and go, well done, or they retire. But we're getting people who, who are basically just bailing, like, for, no, for like a short notice. And either you, you we're getting it, we're appointing wrongings or we're getting it wrong, which you can't have an election because you kind of have to pick what you got. Um, or there's something happening within the club that is not a happy environment. And we've, we've got to kind of find what, what the answer is before it's too late. What I will, and we always continue to say is this is a thankless task of very, very passionate people who are desperately wanting Wimbledon to be successful. That's us as fans. And these people are trying to, trying their very, very best to make it better. What the scary thing is that these are people who, as we've said before, who have never run a football club, who don't know what it is to run a football club. And now we're in at Kings Meadow, you can get round it at four or five thousand. We're now at eight thousand and ten thousand and bigger security risks and access to travel and the club shop and everything else. Um and as well as we do so many of the things we do well, it is a concern that maybe the skill sets that we will need to be successful, we may not necessarily have them within that group. And that, for me, the fact that the Don's Trust is made of eight Wimbledon fans, which, frankly, I can't, it just, it, it, it scares me to death that there isn't one person who's on this advisory board who's got any experience of running a football club. That, for me, sounds worrying. Although they, I know, you know, Danny Macklin made a lot of other decisions and I get that. Above all, the, key holders the 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 safe the guardians of the club are people who have never have got no understanding of how this platform works have never worked in football and that that no matter how much they try is always going to take time to get used to and the fact that people are literally coming and going solve that is unfortunately indicative of where we are i think with um if if you if you did a poll on match day of the Six and a half thousand Wimbledon fans that go every week. I think the approval rate in the Don's Trust board would be would be low, and and that's my opinion. And I think I think it's very hard to disagree. I think they don't represent us as 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 the the standard fan. I think they represent potentially the very very hard not hardcore fan, but very hardline view fans. And I think what that's now done is driven the club so 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 sort of divisively. You've now put the person who 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 ran that divisive group in charge of the managing director role, which we've, you know, formed I don't know why he went, so I don't know what his faults are, sorry. But 
he did seem to put the club on the right path in terms of revenue, in terms of getting Plough Lane. So it seems like we got the right path. And then we take someone in a divisive role who's a divisive figure, Chris Stewart is a divisive figure, and then put him in charge of that. It just seems like we're just getting getting get made a really bad decision here. And that's not because I dislike Chris Stewart and that's not my personal views on Chris Stewart. I just, it doesn't sit right with me. And I'm worried that this could now lead to higher up things in the club. Because as you said, Lee, what happens when Mick Buckley goes? Because this is not this he's not a long term option. He's not a long term CEO. Who then appoints him? Are we just who becomes chair of the Don's Trust board? Does he then get to appoint? So it's it's all very worrying and all very unrepresentative, in my opinion, of the average fan. And that's why side side note, I think a Don's Trust board, a Don's Trust membership should come with a season ticket. But that's a different discussion for another day. No, no, I think we've 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 said this before. Me and Danny have said that regarding the season ticket and Don Strauss. I think you're right regarding the 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 low uh, rate of fans would uh, vote for the Don. Say the Don Strauss doing well because they lost me last year when the, with the meet the manager video when they didn't listen to the fans saying we wanted it to be published the whole video. And to be fair, the video wasn't even that bad. I don't get why they just didn't go. Yep, the fans want it. The fans then went to the club and said, "Look, the Don Strasser went to the club and said, you have to publish this video and they should have done it and they didn't listen to the fans then. Uh, I think you're right, Danny, with regards to the thing. When we've said this before, Danny, th- th- there's a lot of good skill set amongst the women and fan. There is. Look at Joe who does our graphics. He's unbelievable with what he does. But we we seem to have this pool of a select amount of people uh, of 10 or 15. As I, I say this every week and people think I'm just getting at people, but they're so scared of losing that little bit of power. Maybe because they love the Wimbledon and they, they give their all for it. And I get that. But sometimes there could be someone who could do the job better and do it cheaper or do you know what I mean? Or, and, and just do a better job. And I, I just think we need to look how, how are we asking every single Wimbledon fan out there instead of the same old people to do stuff. And there was a little case the other day, and I don't want to have a go at people or jump on people, but Johnson Paint Trophy, we've said this before, Danny, there was a the commentary team of, of Mike and Rob. We didn't have a PA announcer that game. So Mike had to do the PA announcing and then do the commentary as well. It's like, well, why not give the PA announcing to someone else who can do it? Do you know what I mean? Someone else who can speak. Or say to someone, look, can you fill in for half hour to do the commentary with Rob? And it's things like that that just wind me up. They're so, they just don't want to give it out to anyone else. And because you might go and do the commentary and everyone goes, Danny Baker is unbelievable. We want him every week. And then poor old Joe Bloggs is sitting there going, oh, that's me out of a job now. And I love it. But sometimes that is the case that there is people there doing, could do better jobs. There could be a better MD out there. There could be a better chairman out there. But we don't know. We never, I don't see we said about it, didn't we? Putting that skill set together, putting people with skills that can do stuff. I don't know what the club does really, but you said it last week, Danny, you didn't know what the Don's Trust did. Do you know what I mean? And we struggle every week with it. And I just, I'm really <clears throat> struggling this week with, the, the, as I said, the constitution not being filled in and stuff like that. And you've got Kev Rye coming back and saying they've done everything they should have done. But I disagree. I think they're just doing but then, what they but, want But now. the key with that though, Lee, then is don't get involved in it. Your job and our job and George's job and anyone who's not that bothered about all of that other stuff, just turn up on Saturday, cheer the boys on, watch the game and don't just don't touch it. Just leave. I think I've just got to the point where I don't know. I'm not. If I was that, if I really was that bothered, I'd do the research and I'd get on top of it. I don't have the I don't have the energy, the time or the inclination. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to turn up to the game. I'm going to enjoy the enjoy what I can enjoy. Cheer the boys on. Go home and then. You know, get a takeaway. I think I'm just just try your very best to not get involved with the nonsense of it. Go on, George. 
Annie, I, 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 I don't think that works because I, I, it, not that they don't care. They'll still get the same core group who will vote for them. It, you're still that the if me, you, and Lee, and a load of other group don't don't become Don Trust members or, or don't renew, the elections will still have, I, in my opinion, have the same however many hundred voters there is. I think the same people will still be voted in, and I think this this attitude that oh we can fix it by turning our backs on it. The, the people at the core of it, I don't think, are fussed by that because but I, think- I didn't. But we're not going to. You're not going to fix it, George. The challenge is, is that if you can't fix, we can't fix it because yourself, Lee, you're going to turn your back on the Don's trust. So what you're saying is, I'm not going to have an active involvement in it. So what I what I, what I'm saying is, and for the right reason, if you're not going to change it, just just don't look at it. Just but, go right. My all my energy is here. If you're not, if you're going to leave the Don's trust. Right, rightly, in my opinion, I'm the same with you. I'm not going to be doing it. Then don't worry about it. Just put all your effort in the team. Laugh at whatever else they're doing and just turn up for the, the 11th Dan. side. And once that is negative, then you can do something about it. Dan, one of my friends, Crichton, right? We call him Crichton because Steve Adams has got he a square. He looks like bloke from Red Dwarf, yeah. Square head, you know, Steve. He said the same. He loves it, Steve. He goes to all the meetings, gets right involved in all the Don's Trust stuff. And he said, I've just had enough now. He said, I'm just done with it all. I said, well, we, we might as well then sell the club. We might as well look to see who fancies putting in some money, sell the club, try and make our budget bigger, try and do things better. We've got Plough Lane now, which I don't think we're ever going to lose. I know people say never say never, but let's not be scared of the past. Let's look for the future. Sell the club, bring in money. Right? I don't know who we're going to sell it to, but let's just say we can. And then we can then moan about an owner every week, week in, week out. Because at the moment, I feel like we are owned by a select amount of people. And whatever I do, whatever I say, is never going to change anything. So I might as well, as you say, just give up on that. Go and have a few pints with my mates. Go and have a my pie and enjoy the game best I can. Sorry, George, go, mate. One issue I have is with our fan base is I think we have too much. We Because we're fan-owned and we've done amazingly to get to where we are, we think we have a right to know everything. At the end of the day, yeah. we're a professional football club. We're a business that's worth however much we're worth. That's what we are. I get we have a Don's Trust board. I get we're fan-owned. But if Danny Macken's statement said he is, he is leaving Friday, September the 8th, effective immediately, that's what the statement's going to say. We don't have a right to go, I'm a fan, I'm an owner, I deserve. No, you don't. Because quite frankly, we're a professionally run club. He was in a professional position. And he was doing this. We don't have a right just because we're fan owned. And I think that's what a lot of the younger fans have an issue with. We're told that we don't have a right because we didn't go through MK and we didn't do all this. And that's why, in my opinion, young fans are not welcome at the club and not, 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 not welcome on match days, but not welcome to get involved because we have different views. But I, I, I just, I, I'm just really worried about where we go because it doesn't seem like there's a direction. But sorry, Ellie. George, no, George, I kind of agree with what you're saying regarding the fan owned stuff. As I said, I think some some women fans are very self entitled with regards that they want to know everything, uh, and, and we we don't need to know everything. The problem with the club I've got is that one person from the club will leak information to other people, and then it's Chinese whispers. And then now we've got all these Chinese whispers of the reason why Danny Macken left. Do you know what I mean? Danny Macken left because he he shot a cat, or he left because he farted in Chris Forbes' face. Do you know what I mean they're they're just they're just made up by the way before people start going mad, but uh, 
do you get what I mean? So we need to close down the people that inside the club need to stop leaking information or stop sending out stuff to other people because it then goes round and it's like a wildfire. And then everyone wants to know. And everyone, as you see, as I said, with the song request today, the song requests all link to the same thing of why Danny Macklin left the club. But I just think, yeah, it's mad. And this is why I said we might as well sell out, have an owner who's not going to tell us any information anyway. And, and when we're in the same position, no matter what, but hopefully we'll have a little bit more money in the, in the kitty. The only uh, leak that should be still be there is uh, WAD sources, transfer leaks. We, we, we want to keep that one alive. Besides that, I, I agree. What, um, what, source, what sources will never die, mate? Will never die. I, I don't Ask Joe Mojo. I don't think I've ever got one wrong. Oh, sorry, what sources? What sources? Me and Danny and Joe. I mean, the one thing I would say, though, guys, is there must be 10, 8, however many you need, really good people in the club that would make make the Don's Trust work beautifully and everyone be happy. So it's just a case of, I guess, trying to find out how you identify those individuals and how you encourage them to do it. Because the other thing, and let's be honest, if you're a potential candidate or you're a potential board member now and you listen to this conversation, you're going, I'll sort that. I've got no interest to do it. So I guess it's just a question of, are we maybe as fans part of a problem in terms of we're not making it particularly appetising proposition for somebody to join. I, I I don't know, but there must be enough fans who can do it. In terms of selling the club, I just don't think it's going to happen ever. But what I would say is that the only time I think it could happen is once we've paid Plough Lane off and we're lock stock and everything's sorted, that's when I think there's a really good conversation Ooh. to go, do you know what? We've taken it, we've paid it off, we've done everything we want to do, but now, we're, now it's about accelerating. Or, that's when I feel that maybe that's the time. One central, or, or when people are seeing the actual shit show that's being run at the moment and stuff and go, actually, I actually want my bond now. And then we like, shit, we can't pay all the bonds and we go into administration and then someone has to come in and, and bail us out. But hopefully that will never happen. George? Dan, what, what, what you said, I, I, I hope that happens in terms of we can get to a point where the elections are fair, not fair, but the, the, the candidates, if you look at the last election, how certain candidates were treated for having certain views by the core group of the core group who, in my opinion, the clique who run the club, treated certain candidates certain ways because they knew they could. They knew they could, essentially, they knew they could. So this whole idea eventually will get to a more place where the board's representative, more representative and more forward thinking and potentially, in my opinion, more clued up about how modern football, the reality of modern football and how we need to look forward. I just think certain people and certain groups of people in the club don't want to allow that because they are yeah. they're rightly scared of the, of the past and I get that that happened but just because we're scared of the past doesn't mean we can't get to the future and that's why I think the, the, the trust board isn't fit for purpose because they're more scared of the past rather than excited for the future we've got such an amazing thing on Plough Lane we need to be looking forward and I get MK is an awful thing I completely understand that and I didn't live through it I'm, I was born a, I was born a couple of months after so I, I, I genuinely was not alive but that the, the past is the past. We can't change that. All we can do is try and influence the future. Yeah, I agree, Joe. And I think there's on the flip side of that, there's people actually probably working or volunteering or in the club who actually have the same views of selling club and maybe taking outside investment. But they're actually too scared to speak up because then they get kicked out of positions or they're, they're scared then they'll get kicked out of positions. Do you know what I mean? I, I just hope that one day we will have, I don't think the last election was fair. Uh, the integrity, 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 oh, I can't say it, but integrity, 
was totally taken out of it. Do you know what I mean? And I just think the the, the way the hustings was handled was all wrong. I don't think uh, Samuel Wombles, us or Nine Years, should have any dealings with it because we all have our own personal views on it. And, and I don't think you can do it fair. Uh, I think the Don's Trust have to do that or, or, or the years, whatever the group is that look after it. The club need to sort that out and it needs to be a fair election. But yeah, anyway, we've been going on a bit too much regarding this. So if you have any views, put them in the comments on our uh, Twitter page or, or anywhere else. But yeah, we'll move on. And then when we come back, we'll discuss the crew game on Saturday. The Wombles had a dream podcast by the fans. For the fans. We're back for the final part of this episode and we're going to be discussing crew. Uh, obviously, we'll do our predictions in a minute, but I must be quite, I must be doing well after the weekend, Dan, on the old prediction table. I did predict Stockport to win. Uh, yeah. I predicted 1 0, so I must have got points for that. Got one point for that, yeah. Yes. I've got a point as well. Oh, how'd you get, no, because you said, uh, no, wait a minute, you said we'd win. Or to a draw? Oh, no, 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 no. I said that we were going to lose to Stockport. Did you? I got to listen Definitely. to the episode again next week. Last week. You, well, you should. Li- you listen to me every night. That's the problem. Right. You're doing really well, Lee. You're doing exceptionally well. Who's You're top? Doing... Is the busman oh, still top? Well, I don't talk about it. Why? I, you... I've kind of, I've taken a bit of a dip. The busman is still up there. Sickening. Absolutely Gary, sickening. Gary Busman. Who's second? Don't care. Not interested. If, it's, if I'm not at the top, I've, lo- I've thrown in my toys out the pram. Well, what we need to... is another. We need another election. You got to you got to send me the link again so I can put that out for the crew game it, on Saturday. It, I'll I'll do it in the morning. Chill your beans. Don't lock out. it though. Don't lock it. Oh, well, I locked it last time. Yeah, I won't well, lock it this time. loads of people went mental, and they all go mental with me. You you get away I with know. them. Well, they should go mental at you. About the time you pulled your weight. As long as Joe Moja don't win it, I'm, I'm happy with that. Anyone but Joe. Yeah. Anyway, crew okay. on Saturday. So what do we think? So Lewis comes back straight back in for Pierce. Uh, yeah. Curry comes in for Brown for me. Uh, right. Ali, does Ali come straight back in? Will he be oh, yeah. travelling from Thailand? And You know what I mean? Doing what you do in Thailand? Thing, I, I don't, <laughs> I'm not 100% sure on his fitness, but he did come off a half-time for a rack in that first game and then didn't play in the second game. So, again, that might just be a little knock. I have no idea. So, I don't know if he is fully fit. That's not an in and we, or anything. That's just, but we, I, have, I would bring Ali straight back in. We, def, we definitely I'd don't, bring Ali straight back in. Yeah, we definitely don't have Reeves on Saturday. He's in hospitality. The club were yeah. nice enough to uh, let us have that bit of information. Uh, the other players who were injured, your guess is as good as mine. Ali could be 100% fit. It could be 50-50. The club, this is one thing that really annoys me with the comms and the club is that they don't feel uh, to let us know. Some people, it don't really bother them, but it really does bother me because Reeves is our club captain and we don't know what injury he's got or how long he's out for. And I think it's just common courtesy to let the fucking fans know how long little and thing are going to be out for. But that's just my rant on that. But yeah. Uh, 4-4-2 again, boys. Nurfield come out. Sasu, sorry, George, you want to say something? So I would bring in obviously Lewis for Pierce. Curry comes back in. I think Morgan Williams starts for me. I thought when he came on against Stockport, he at least tried to get us moving the ball. I know he he did spray some. There were two passes where I thought, oh, that's a little bit ambitious. But he did try and get the ball, get us on the ball, and get us rolling the ball better. I think Bugle comes back in for Pell. Pell has been disappointing for me so far this season. 
Um, and Nerfel starts, but I'd be looking at Sassley coming on a bit earlier, maybe 60 minutes. I think I think Nerfel still starts because of what he offers off the ball and and what not. But I think And who does um, Williams come in for, George? Who does Williams come in for? I think Lakin, because I think Ball... Lakin. Uh, Lakin. I think I Ball's like... done all right. He also offers us a physical program. Yeah, I, I like Ball. I, I, th- I think you're right there. I think, George, I think you're unfortunately you're lagging a little bit, so that's why we're jumping over each other. But I, I like Ball. I think you're right. He offers that that uh, strength and he's defensive-minded where Lakin goes a bit forward. Well, I, I agree with you about Williams. I, some of the balls were... were off on Saturday, but at least he was trying to get us forward. He was trying them balls over to Ogundir. Uh, Ogundir needs to work on his crossing if if he's going to stay in the team long-term if Bilal comes back. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, crew are in decent form. They smashed Forest Green 4-1, who we, who we let a lead slip again uh, against. And they also beat the Scum 3-1 as well, so they can score goals. Yeah, it's going to be tough on Saturday. Danny, what do you think regards to the game on Saturday? I think, first, firstly, it will be. It's we're definitely going to have a lot of changes, which is good. Um, I'm slightly different. I'm gonna. I would start Sasu over Nurfield, I think, and I don't think that's anything against it. I would just be interested whether Nurfield is as good as an impact sub, and I think Sasu's done enough to get a bit of game time. So I'd be tempted to shuffle the pack a bit. But Lewis comes back in. I don't have a problem with Morgan Williams. If Reeves if um Reeves is out and Little is out, then I would go with um Ball and, and Williams. Boogie has to start up front with Ali Alhamidi. I think unfortunately I don't I think we'll be a one one. I think it'll be a good point. They're playing well. We're a decent team. I just don't quite feel we've got enough in the squad yet to really dominate at home. So for me, I think it'll be it'll be one one. I'm interested to see um Connor Evans. I want to see how he plays in the wing. I want to see if we can get him on. Maybe maybe if Tilly's having a poor game, I know that's I just think maybe we tend to go if Tilly's not influencing the game. Um bring him on, see how he's doing. I think we'll really, really see how good it will be to have Lewis and Curry back in the back line. I think it means we can step up. I think it means that players like Ball and Williams could get on the ball higher on the pitch. It means we don't need to play 40-yard balls. Because when we have Pierce, we sit so deep, the midfield have to play long balls. I think it will help Nerfield because I think he'll have essentially more support with Curry. I, I'm I'm actually ha- I'm optimistic about Saturday. Um, also, I'd like us, again, to shoot shoot the South Stand second half. Um, but I, I, I think we'll win 2-1. I actually do. I think we're a good enough team. I think we'll show why we're solid Saturday. I think Boogle offers a lot, and, I, and I'm positive. I, I, I'm, I agree. I'm quite positive. I think Crew are in good form, which means they'll probably come and try and come at us as well, which is good for us. I think we always can get, as you said, we can get behind. George. I think I'm going to go for a three-one win with a win on Saturday, uh, because we have got goals in us, and I think Ali will break his duck on Saturday. Uh, my problem I have is with Evans is I don't see, I know he's here now, so we've got to get behind the boy and see how he gets on, but I don't see the need of why we signed him. Uh, we have McLean, we have Sasu, we have Tilly, we have Nurfil. I still think Ali, if he gets injured, we're screwed in up front uh, and we should have bought a striker in January. And that's probably the only, uh, mark against Craig Cope at the moment. 
but yeah, I think three one. And as I said, Evans is here, so we'll get behind him, and I'm interested to see what he can do. He's probably, as I think Johnny Jackson said, he's chomping at the bit to be involved now and get involved because he's calm. Couldn't play against Stockport. Couldn't even be involved. Couldn't play in the uh, the cup game because he was cup tied. So yeah, I'm guessing he's probably trained well. He should be fit as fiddle now. And yeah, I think we just need to get Reeves back massively, and we'll be a a playoff team, but without reason, little long term. I think we're a mid-table team, which I'm I'm still happy with. So what what we going? You're going two one, Danny. I'd be daft. I'm going one one. I'm oh, you're one one against you're the good 1-1. side. I'm happy with it. Cool. So this week I go above you in the league table then because Wimbledon will win, and you. Yeah, if you like, if you if you're watching a different game to me, yeah, of course you do. Yeah. Well, most weeks you look sound like you're watching a different game to me. Yes, George. Hey, hey. Just say, do we think Bass has been a bit unlucky? Because I saw some people were saying, oh, he's been poor and made mistakes. I think Bass is really, I think he's a key part of the back line. And I'm I'm really happy. I know this is a bit of a side note, but if people, I've seen people on Twitter being like, oh, maybe we start Tan soon. You know, Bass hasn't really kept many clean shoots. Nah. I think Port Saturday couldn't do anything about the goals. I know he made a mistake at Chelsea and a bit wobbly in Newport, but I've been, I've been really impressed with him. The, the Chelsea one, I'll forgive him for. The Newport one, I think the first goal in Newport, yeah, was maybe his mistake. You know what I mean? He's got to be a bit stronger. Uh, he's mustered. He's so much better than Zanev. It's unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> I think I was one of the people as well, though, said if Zanev had made them mistakes that Bass had made, he'd be getting absolute pelters and people would be jumping on it. But, yeah, I still think Bass is our number one goalkeeper and you don't take him out of that team. Love all money at the moment unless he, he throws it in the net himself. But I, I'm guessing you're the same, aren't you, Danny? Very much so. I mean, I, I think Zanev's... Uh... An okay keeper in League Two, but Bass, I think, is definitely a League One keeper at, at least. Um, and I don't worry too much about the striker thing because, you know, if we're struggling, we'll just get Courtney Senior back. It's not a problem. Yeah, I'm sure he'll do a very good job. I is saw he... Ben Hennigan's available. I was well. just about to say, Ben, people were talking about. Just My mad thing is, loads of women fans, or not loads, about three, said, uh, I'd love to have him back. I'm thinking, wait a minute, we've got Lewis Johnson. Callum Bailey to come back in, and Sutcliffe has shown me that Pierce is nowhere near it now. If if Sutcliffe's about, you put Sutcliffe in there over Pierce. But yeah, I, I, we haven't got the money to get Ben Hennigan back. Do you know what I mean? And we don't need that. How position. do you know? How do you know we've got loads of money from the Chelsea? Why, why would we? We've got four or five centre backs already, mate. Why do we need another one? Because he's brilliant. Who's going to be captain on Saturday? By the way, if no Brown, Pierce, or Reeves, it'll be interesting. Just just from like a, a leadership point of view. Imagine if like someone like Johnson, but he's only been here for what two months. Uh, so yeah, I think I'd, I think it'll be him. I'd give it because Johnson's permanent. He, he might get it, but I'd I'd probably be leaning towards Lewis. Yeah, one of them two, I think, would be would be a sensible pick. Yeah, I can't I can't see I can't, it. It won't be in maybe a, Jack Curry, possibly. No, but because he talks well, no. he's, he does. He leads I on think the Lewis pitch, Lewis as a character seems to be an alpha. When I watch him, yes. he seems to be the yeah. guy. Apart from his shorts, which is more beta, but um, he's definitely. A, 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 I feel like he's the alpha of the defense. So I would be tempted to give it to Joe Lewis. Honey, you're not down with the kids, mate. I, I, unfortunately, I've never I, I, been. All the alpha males these days they wear their short shorts. That's yeah. Show me how to teach kids. You're clearly not in, not, clearly not in touch with them. To be fair, really teach them the way they should be because. I was I a need short man. Need I've always been a short shorts man. I went to Magaluf. Have you? Have you? Magaluf. I can't remember Magaluf two thousand something like that. And I was in short shorts. Uh, 
the baby anteater got a, a, a whirlwind tour that weekend. Anyway, thanks again, boys, for joining me on the podcast. Uh, thanks to our sponsor, Season Master. Uh, yeah, and we'll see everyone on Saturday against Crew. Tickets were only a fiver, so should be a, a packed house. And yeah, thanks very much, boys. Come on, you dons. Good. Sweet. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.